Thanks for downloading this official Munster Rugby podcast. For more, go to MunsterRugby.ie or subscribe to Munster Rugby on SoundCloud or iTunes. This, this is the Crooked Feed podcast. Hello and welcome to the Crooked Feed, Munster Rugby's official podcast. We're delighted to be joined by Jed McNamara for the latest episode. Jed was recently appointed as the province's head of athletic performance. We spoke to Jed about his previous roles at Munster, his work with the Georgia national team, and what he hopes to achieve in his new role. Um, so Jed, thanks very much for joining us. Congrats on your recent appointment as head of athletic performance with Munster. Can you tell us a little bit about the role and what it entails? Yeah, uh, thanks for having Sean. Um, yeah, it, it entails a lot of stuff at the moment uh, with the way things are going. Uh, so basically on a day-to-day, my job is to make sure that the athletic performance of the team is supplying the demands of what the game is needed or what the training is needed or what the 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 rugby pro- rugby program requires. So it's making sure that we're fully aligned up, making sure what we're doing in the gym is going to make us a better rugby player or what we're doing on the field is making us or is influencing some of our physiological characteristics then as well. So basically it's just making sure that all the components of an SNC program are aligned with the demands of the rugby program. Yeah, and in your experience, Jed, that methodology of, you know, making sure that they're the best rugby players and they're best equipped to deal with all the different things they have to do on the pitch. How much has that changed over the years? Uh, it's definitely has. It, it, it's progressing year on year as we go along, just with looking to make sure that we're uh, fully aligned on what we're trying to do. So the game's evolved. There's no doubt in there. We've seen it from the 90s where I think a lot of teams, once it turned professional, was trying to get the biggest team out there to right now we want the strongest, to now we want the most powerful. But right now I think it's getting to a really good stage where it's what's the head coach requiring out of the, the players and is the SNC programme fulfilling those requirements. So it's making sure that we're very tactically aware of what those requirements entail. And then we're making sure that we are supplementing all those requirements at the same time. Yeah, and you've had quite a career path, which kind of which has brought you to this point, Jed. Just going back to the beginning, can you tell us a little bit about how you first got involved in rugby, and did you play it when you were younger? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I think rugby was probably my uh, number one sport growing up. So I was a massive, uh, especially a massive fan of uh, Munster along the years. So. Yeah, I remember being in 2006, I was a ball boy for uh, for the guys and obviously that, that was a pretty successful year. So uh, yeah, uh, that was cool. And then would have gone on to try and play rugby myself, being involved with some youth squads with Monster. But I suppose being 69 kgs wet <laughs> wasn't going to make it. So I uh, started seeing some, right, some scope there for my own development as a, as a player that I probably needed to do some strength and conditioning myself. And then didn't have probably the skill set to go on for a further career in rugby, but got a love for SNC and I ended up in IT Tralee. Did my undergraduate there. And, and to be fair, I was under some great guys and Joe O'Connor, Pat Flanagan, and May Frawley, to name a few. But then probably kept in touch with Joe O'Connor afterwards and ended up getting involved with some squads with Claire. So 
with a great career with Clare, where he won the All Ireland, and then he ended up giving me a phone call to see would I be interested in doing some minor work and then helping him out with the senior team for a season. At the same time, I was opening up gyms at the time, and, and it was pretty stressful. So that was probably where I was developing my methodology was getting the chance to see what other people were doing, then trialing it out in the gym myself, and then trying to develop the studies that I was doing at the same time. And then that progressed on to going, right, uh, the gym life isn't for me with all the overheads that go along with it. So I was like, all right, I want to make a go at probably a professional career and ended up looking at getting an internship. Uh, I remember at the time it was uh, an internship for a tier two nation and I was pretty happy just to go on a travel and didn't know where it was going to lead. Unfortunately for me, it was with Georgia and then I was under some great guys there with the likes of uh, Craig White, Calvin Morris, Ryan Gibney, Kevin Morgan, I'm probably missing something, Phil Healy, uh, you know, guys that were amazing at top of their field and a quick um, pathway uh, into some lead positions. But uh, it, it was it is what I look it, it threw me up a few dog years there. Definitely. I suppose it was the level of coaches I was getting exposed to over in Georgia is probably what really accelerated my career because of being such a a project, a team. They had the likes of uh, Richard um, Richard Graham there, who was head of Queensland Red, head of Western Force. He was our, um, our senior coach over there. So I was learning off him the whole time. And then there was a great guy, Milton Haig, who, who was our head coach, who was really demanding about us, like how we were going to be better at making better rugby players. So it kind of took me away from where I was when I was back in Ireland about being very siloed in the gym and on the field. Okay, I'll do the warm up and I'll do some conditioning and I'll do some gym work to being all right now I've got to be a very integrated and make a better rugby player how is that aligning to the field what drills am I doing if I'm doing conditioning is it making them better at what we need them to be good at and then obviously uh Graham Roundtree was over there then as well and we struck up a bit of a connection with him and um so and then ended up getting a role with Munster in the academy last year and uh, yeah really good great bunch of boys with the academy that they were stellar like one of the best groups I've ever worked with and yeah it just it just went from there and then obviously an opportunity arose with the seniors and yeah just yeah a crazy crazy four years yeah no it sounds really exciting yeah. um but even when you had those roles you mentioned um, the gym and the fitness centers like did you was it always, I suppose, an ambition of yours to want to work in a high performance environment in a sporting context? Yeah, like that that was always the main goal. Like that, like, yeah, it was always. And even when we were having the gyms, I was always very S&C focused. It was always about making athletes better, you know, which, yeah, which um, was good. I always had that contrast to what my other gym partners were looking at, where they, they might have been looking at other things. And yeah, for me, it was always going to be an S&C. And I've always wanted to be involved in professional sports. I just never thought it it would escalate to, to this role. Like, of course, you that's the dream, but yeah, and you got to put yourself out there to go get those roles. But if you had said 10 years ago that this is where it would have ended up, I, uh, I probably wouldn't have believed you. Yeah, and of course, you've had previous experience with Monster in the last decade as well. You were involved with some development squads and the underage yeah. sides. Can you tell me yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah, so I suppose that's probably... Um, yeah, I suppose I've come full circle through the through the whole way, you know, where I would have been back working under Johnny Lacey at the very start when he was looking after the ODS squad with North Munster schools and I got involved with them. 
and you know progressing we were over in Castle Troy College and I remember like getting involved with some of the, the going down and watching the Rockwell camps back in the day when we used to have those camps and you know seeing them progress and it, it's funny um it, it slags me off because I don't remember having him but uh I would have had Ben Healy back then you know when he was just coming through and then in the academy and now watching him at the seniors so and then Jack Stafford I know he's gone to Harlequins now but there was a few guys that I had back in the day in the under 16s that yeah. I, I I've nearly come through with them even though I've got away and stuff and and so it's it's epic to see like the the, the fulfillment you get out of that is it's outrageous yeah yeah, and that full circle, you know, how much does that benefit you now in your current role, you know, especially considering the academy players are now training with the seniors? It is good in a lot of ways. It's good in a lot of ways. So from being a regional development SSC back in the day, I understand what those guys are looking for. So right now we're trying to look at projects where the senior guys, so the guys that are with the seniors are nearly looking at probably doing a mentorship with those guys that are way back there. So that we're making sure that they're getting what they need to develop their careers. And hopefully we can supercharge that a bit for two reasons. One, it should help them out in their career path, but two, to definitely help out what we're looking for from a player point of view and seeing that really progressive pathway that we want to fulfill. Then I suppose being in, in the academy, I've, I've been in the middle of both of them. So understanding, all right, what what are the, the challenges a regional development officer has to make those players and, and help out with those guys, guys that mightn't get a lift to train. And, and you're like, well, you need to be here. But they're like, oh, I don't have a lift. And you're like, all right, how do we accommodate this? To go on, well, if they don't come in in this standard, <laughs> lads, they're, they're, they're behind the curve here. And we've got to make sure that they're here so that when they get up to the senior level, which is what we all want them to be, they're ready to rock. So it's good to be able to have the empathy to go down towards the, the RDS guys to see them going all the way up then to the senior roles too. Yeah, and I know you mentioned previously as well that you kind of, you veered away from the rugby for a little while when you are involved with Claire and the, yeah. and the, the minor herders there. Yeah. What was that experience like, especially yeah, so, going into a different sport? Yeah, so look, um, very lucky, I suppose we had the gym in Shannon and we were working with a lot of different athletes. So we were working with hockey players, golfers, um, kickboxers, because Shannon has a massive kickboxing community. And then I ended up getting in with the hurling. And, and as much as I play Gaelic football, I was never into hurling. I was never good at it. I wasn't good enough to be a, a hurler. So I loved it, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't my number one sport. It was always rugby. And, and then when I got into hurling and I started getting an understanding and I started working with a lot of teams around Clare, I'm working with the minors and working with the seniors with uh, Kelvin Harold again. I started developing all right. There's, there's scope. There, there is commonality, but there is differences then as well. So we have to be able to manipulate what we're trying to do from an SSC program to make sure that those players are better at their sports. So that's probably what gave me a good appreciation of right. Not every not every um, shoe fits the same foot. You've got to be able to move stuff around to make them better. But in, in saying that, I remember once I had gone into hurling, uh, school looked. I went to apply for a school role in in rugby, and they were like, "No way! Like you're a GA guy." And I was like, "No, I'm definitely not. Like you know, like I'm I'm a rugby guy at first, but with a GA background." But it's funny then to see it come full circle then, and and being leading the program with Munster. So yeah, but I think if you are an SNC and you are listening to this. Get yourself out there, see other things, because you'll see an appreciation for what's required. So a golfer, for me, couldn't do the same level of a rugby player. They, they, they require so much different um, strengthening movements and strengthening capacities that if I was to give him the same program as a rugby player, I'd actually be detrimental towards his golfing. So, But then it's trying to get in that appreciation for what's going to make someone better at their sport. 
get you to really innovate and really think about what you need to do to make that player better. Yeah, I guess that school must have gotten a shock, Jed, when they found out that you went off to Georgia. For yeah, the team, you know? yeah, they, they, yeah, I got a few nice messages out from too. Very good. Um, but even that experience with Georgia, um, that must have been unbelievable for you from a personal point of view and a professional point of view. Yeah, it, it, it was nuts. Um, it, the most surreal moment I had in Georgia was we're playing Australia in the last round of the World Cup in this massive stadium and it's full out and and, and two of my buddies had come over to the World Cup. They were supporting Ireland, but they were able to come down to, to watch it. And I was like, this is what you want to be here for. Do you know, like it, yeah. it's it's a Southern Hemisphere team at a World Cup. It, it, it was an immense, it was a, it was incredible, but we had some great moments. Um, like for me, Georgia was a, a great time being able to just understand myself as a person going over there because I was. It, it, it's not the most English speaking uh, country. So two things you have to develop your coaching because they're not they don't understand everything you're saying and then having an appreciation for different cultures really helped me along the way as well so what we thought might be funny they they wouldn't find this funny and you're like that's a great joke why, why aren't you getting this and then seeing what they found that was quite humorous and you're like oh, i don't get that but then seeing their love for strength and conditioning and their love for for massive weight all right gave me like it was an eye opener when i went over there and i saw some of the weights that they were lifting going all right wow right there's there's levels to this like it's not just oh we can actually push the boat so that gave me a really good appreciation for pushing it like go for it like do you know what i mean like don't be uh, don't be cautious have a go and then the great thing there was we had such a young team and such an innovative team that we were always looking for what's next what can we do to make that better can we get that going and, and it was amazing and then the players like the, the, their sense of community over there was incredible and, and just getting to understand them and getting to see them on their journeys and watching them play against Ireland in the last November internationals like it, it was great it was great seeing them give a good account of themselves and, and show what they're all about and yeah, it, it was an immense time, and and to cap it off at a World Cup, yeah. it, it, it was surreal. Like, and it was brilliant, and and that's it. Like, like don't be taking those knockbacks. Like, we all get job opportunities that don't work out for us, but it usually leads to something along the line. I, I really believe it. Yeah, like even even your story there is, I suppose, a great example to any young person in any walk of life. Like, you know, um, to kind of keep going for what they want to achieve, um, but particularly, obviously, young rugby players as well, and. Yeah. You know, you came back into the Munster Academy after the World Cup. Um, yeah. That just must have been a really exciting time for you because yeah. I know you spoke so passionately about um, wanting to help young players in a previous interview that you did. Yeah, like uh, that. Look, um, the Munster Academy, uh, the Munster Academy role was like uh, for me it was always a dream job. Like it, it, it because. It, I've got such love for Munster myself. So to be able to come in and help young men like try and progress their careers and like seeing them so close to their dream because they haven't got it yet. Do you know what I mean? Like they haven't got it yet. So they're, but they're, they're, they're touching it. Like, do you know what I mean? And if you can have a positive influence on them, it sets them up to be such a, a good person around the place and, and such a good person to go and make moments happen for Munster and And we're seeing that like, um, do you know, like uh, watching Josh Whitley at the, against Claremont and seeing, hopefully he doesn't slag me off now about it, but seeing that first scrum where everybody's going, woof, yeah. what's going on here? And then seeing how he came back from that and 
to be a, a, a small part of that, you, the, the pride that you feel, and, and that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for, for him to turn it around and be the most, like to be a, such a dominant player on the field for the rest of the game. And then seeing us win, like they're the moments that you go, that's what I'm here for. Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm here for. I'm not here to look at an Excel sheet that gets green because certain lads have hit their strength markers or seeing lads get, you know, their the bench press up or their squat up, seeing lads that actually go, woof. That's what we're here for, and as a fan, it was it, it, it's amazing. Do you know what I mean? It's amazing, yeah. and to to get that academy role last year and and to see that come around like that, it, it, genuinely a dream come true. Genuinely, yeah. Yeah, and I guess you know it's clear that you're speaking so passionately about uh, you know about about your role and the role that you had last year with the academy. But what makes the environment so enjoyable to work in at the moment, Jed? Uh, look, winning winning is pretty good. Like, so yeah. uh, <laughs> I'd be remiss not saying that. But um, for me, it's that we're all in it. Like, you you can feel it. You can feel it around the place at the moment that everybody's in it at the moment. Everybody is 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 so lasered in on where we're going and what we're doing and and how we're going to get there that like we had a we had a week off this week because the game's off not a week off from training but we don't have a game at the week and then looking at the intensity of training yesterday and you go right we're on to something like there there's something here now do you know what I mean because the numbers are sky high lads were pushing it they were demanding off each other they were where it would have been so easy to maybe put the put foot off the pedal going, all right, you know, like there's no nothing at the weekend, but it's a credit to them. It's a credit to everybody around the place that we can all feel it. We're walking in, there's a buzz, there's an enthusiasm. The young lads are pushing the, the old guys, the old guys are demanding of the young guys. And, and, and it's all for that, that end goal that everybody knows why we're here, do you know? Yeah. Um, how did you find that step up, Jed, coming from the academy into the senior team? I didn't find it too disruptive to, let's say, what I was doing. Like, yeah, of course, I was a little bit like uh, everyone everyone would be like a little bit like, oof, how is this going to go? Like, you know, like you might have a little bit of like, I was like really pinching myself going, should I be here? Like, so what? Like, you know, but uh, yeah, it's just, I, haven't, I found it brilliant. I found it really good because to be fair, the staff that are around the place are, are so supportive of what, what I'm, I'm looking to do or what we are looking to do and what we want to do and, and what we want to get out of these guys. So the support that I've got has helped out, out massively from all the staff that are at Munster. And then the players have been really like like some of the messages that I got off the players when I was when I got the role or when I was announced. I was a little bit taken aback because I didn't think I had that much of an effect in, in you know in the academy. And yeah, that was that was that was a pretty cool moment for me. Like you know, so yeah, it's gone. Obviously, winning helps a lot. So when you're winning, everything seems like we're always on the right track. But yeah, like I, I think everybody can feel what we're trying to do and how we're trying, what the directions that we're Johan and and his staff are doing and and obviously what we're trying to supplement with that then. So it, it's been brilliant. It, it's genuinely gone really well and, and hopefully it continues for a long time. But yeah, it, it's been awesome. And finally, Jed, I suppose in your role now, what would be your goals, you know, that you that you want to achieve, I suppose, for the team and, you know, for yourself as well? Yeah. And yeah, look, we're, we're here to win. Do you know, I don't, I don't think anyone's not involved in Munster if, you know, to, without that somewhere in the background. So, yeah, look, we want to take our athletic performance to the to the genuinely to the next level, which we're doing bit by bit and we can feel it and we can see it. And then just making sure that, yeah, we're making sure that for me, the, the athletic performance 
department is recognised as what it should be, which is world class and world leading, which is what we're, we're there for. And then, yeah, hopefully that we can just keep driving it on and making sure that we're going bit to bit. But I wouldn't sit here and say not to win trophies wouldn't be a goal of mine, the same way a player shouldn't say that, but understanding that we play a small part in it and that we're trying to supplement it at the same time. And Jed as well, how important is the HBC, the HBC in UL, considering like you would have been involved with Monster at a time when there was two different training bases? Yeah, and so it, it's funny. I watched a few of the the national training squad come in or the the professional training squad, and I was like, we didn't have this. We didn't have this. I remember being up in uh, Ennis with North Munster, and there might have been one rack and one, and you're, and you're trying to come up with a creative platform for those guys to to work at. So. Seeing us have a base and seeing us being able to do whatever we want when we want to do it without having to tick it off is massive. And, and it's great having the guys come in, you know, like obviously when the internationals come in, there's another buzz around the place. But, you know, it's great having so many characters around the place and everyone having a little, you know, go off each other and a little, you know, like that. that's what I love about the place. And, and that's what we need rather than having somewhere in Cork and somewhere in Limerick and, and trying to facilitate lands that maybe are in Tipperary or Waterford and just being in one hub and making it our own and owning it. It's amazing. That's great, Jed. Um, thank you very much for giving up your time to chat to us and best of luck for the months ahead. Thank you very much. Thanks, John. Appreciate it.